Hello and welcome to the 108 podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Raquel. And we are the Type 1 Together Girls. We are stripping down life with type 1 diabetes from two people who live different versions of it every single day. Please remember Type 1 Together does not give medical advice. We are only sharing from personal experience. We we are on episode 18. <laughs> yeah, we are. I'm so How did to that happen? <laughs> I have no idea, but our podcast is growing thanks to all of you. So let's keep it going. We appreciate it. Yes. Yes. Um, okay, friends. Today's episode is going to be purely a catch-up episode. I feel like most of our episodes recently have been very like hyper-focused on one thing or we've had a guest or whatever. And so we are just going to chat and we're going to chat about Halloween and National Diabetes Awareness Month and um, my failure as a mom and not waking up to low alarms. (laughs) (laughs) Not a failure at all. And uh, yeah, just life in between everything. So we also had something really exciting happening, but we'll get there in a second. Um, so let's start with Halloween because that was just a few days ago and you shared the cutest photo of you as Tinkerbell on our Instagram <laughs> story. You're freaking adorable. I want to be you. No. <laughs> I think I was Tinkerbell when I was little. Actually, I should find that photo. Um, <laughs> but okay. How did it go? Walk us through it. It was a shit show. I mean, so it was really fun. And like, as the years go on, I know for a fact, I'm only going to look back on these days and like this Halloween with rose colored glasses, because that's the story of my life. I tend to look back, especially on memories with our children, um, just as mostly very fond. And anyway, so yeah, I was Tinkerbell because the girls, when we took them to the Spirit Halloween store, they picked out their own costumes and then we let them pick out our costumes. And we typically don't dress up, but now that they're getting more and more into the Halloween spirit, we're like, yeah, sure, we'll dress up with you. So that was handpicked by Hattie, being being Tinkerbell. And then (laughs) Danny was... um, like an Egyptian pharaoh. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> hilarious. There were some teenage boys that walked by him and called him Cleopatra for a second. <laughs> and then at the very end, <laughs> my husband is kind of built like a football player. He's he's very strong and muscular. And um, as they like walked past him, they were poking fun like, Cleopatra, it's Cleopatra. <laughs> one, one dude turned around and went, you're freaking packing, bro. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did he say anything back? Danny just laughed and I was like, oh my gosh, those teenage boys want to be you. So funny. Um, anyway, so that's all the costume stuff. The girls, gosh. <laughs> they didn't they, wear the costumes. Right? No, <laughs> they didn't. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so they picked out. Hattie picked out Marshall from Paw Patrol Mm -hmm. and Summer picked out Doc McStuffins and they were so cute and it was going to be like, oh, so fun. And no, the day of like I laid out those costumes and they both were like, no, we don't want that. And I was like, of course you don't. So I went around the house and found all costumes from all the last like four years and like any Mm -hmm. dress up stuff that we had and laid it out. and. 
Hattie chose a Minnie Mouse dress with big pink sparkly ears. And so she was Minnie Mouse. And then um, Summer chose Sky from Paw Patrol, which was a little triggering for my husband and I because Hattie was Sky. That's like why we have that costume. She was Sky at Summer's exact age. And then two months later is when she got diagnosed. Wow. So it was kind of like, please don't let this be a repeat kind of situation. But that's all. She looked so cute. I know. (laughs) They both did. And of course, Hattie wanted pink and sparkles. That's her thing. Yes. And then Sky is a pink dog. So they were just all pinked out. But. This is where I'm going to tell you guys all about Halloween. One, I'm going to just put it out there right now. We were not in range at all. (laughs) Say it. Put it out there. (laughs) It was such a mess, you guys. But I firmly believe it is because we were out access to blood sugars. So I had changed her Dexcom and her pump right around 3 in the afternoon And her Dexcom needed a transmitter replaced too. And so I did that. And it first prompts you to put the transmitter serial number in. So I did. And I just locked the phone and put it down beside her. And you didn't do the sensor start? Is that what happened? No. Yes, that's exactly what happened. (laughs) Because I just, my brain was just thinking like, okay, it's good. Because it takes a second for the transmitter serial number to connect, you know? And so I was just like, my brain was in the process of, oh, it's going to take a minute to connect. Yep. The sensor takes two hours to connect. Just put the phone down. So then when like two hours went came and went and we had no readings, then I checked the phone and it was like, start sensor. And I was like, F, <laughs> are you serious? Worst day for that. Yeah. Yes. And it was like 5.30, 5.45 at that time when I caught that. And we had already like given her dinner um, and she only wanted a hard boiled egg and avocado. So I didn't have to like, you know, worry about much insulin before that. And anyway, so yeah, we started trick or treating with a blood sugar of 110, which is amazing. And then like almost an hour in 45 minutes ish into trick or treating, she finally asked for her first piece of candy I think she was just so excited before that, you know, to go from house to house. And we were like, uh, yeah, sure. We're just going to do a quick finger poke while you like figure out which one you want. And she was 82 and she looked a little pale and tired, but she also has been battling a cold for over a week and it was getting colder and the lighting was different, you know, whatever. And so we were like, okay, she's 82, which is fine. And that's, 110 to 82 over the course of an hour with walking Mm -hmm. is like a steady decline. But here's your one piece of candy and we're not dosing you for it, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're going to keep walking. So then we kept walking and kept kept it up. And then eventually another like 30 minutes goes by. And for a four-year-old, an hour and a half of walking and remembering to say trick-or-treat and thank you and whatever, like that's a lot. So then she starts being like, I'm tired, you know, whatever. And we're just like, sure, get in the wagon. 
And so then she stopped walking and then she asked for another piece of candy. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. you can have another small piece. They were all like the mini stuff. And then she yeah. asked for one more. So she probably had three pieces of very small candies without me giving like extra insulin because I was accounting for all the walking and activity. Yeah. Because this is something she that happens all the time, right? She walks, mm-hmm. she's active. And then even when she stops moving for the next 30 minutes to an hour, she's still kind of like burning energy. Anyway, so then we go to a different neighborhood to go see some of our um, best friends and the girls call them auntie and uncle and whatever. And so we went to their house just for one more like pop in, say hello, trick or treat. And when we got there, she asked for candy again. And I was like, okay, but now I do need to perk your finger one more time. Just see. And it was 282. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then like 1 minute later her um sensor came on and it was reading like over 300. And so I was just like, "Okay." And I I think I typed in like 45 grams of carbs cuz that's mm-hmm. about what I guess she had taken in, maybe a little more. And it started moving her down and I kept giving her some and then we went home and whatever. And basically she had five units on board, which is a lot for her little body. Mm -hmm. And I start seeing her drop significantly. So she at one point at her highest was like 350 Mm -hmm. and then drops, you know, by anywhere from 20 to 50 points every five minutes and then slows at 170. Okay. Right. And I'm like, great. We are slowing between 160, 170. Like the pump will take care of bringing her down the rest of the night. We put her to bed. She falls asleep before I even turn the light off. And I walk out of the room and her next reading is 200 and then 220 and then 280. And Mm -hmm. I go in and do a finger prick because now I'm dealing with like a brand new Dexcom. Is it spotty? Is this growth hormone? Is this leftover like candy? Is this excited? What is happening? Yeah. And it wasn't quite 280, it was 240, but it was just just enough to be annoying where I don't want to give an enormous amount of insulin because she has five units on board already, but I want to give some to slow down the rise because she's clearly rising. And yeah, basically I stayed up till 1 a.m. and she ended up needing 10 extra units of insulin from... 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. And That's yeah. so much insulin. It's so yeah. much insulin. And here's the thing. It's like, is it all because we didn't do a finger prick and didn't like before every single piece of candy and didn't give her the exact amount of insulin before? Like, no, some of it is because of that. But most of it is because her insulin needs were vastly different on Halloween than they were the day before. Yep. More than double. It was mm-hmm. growth hormone. It was illness. It was adrenaline. Adrenaline for sure. It was toddlerhood. And the processed sugar too. Like, yeah. Like the candy, like I think I said in the Halloween episode, it just acts so differently in our bodies. Like I've even seen more. I didn't have a ton of candy on Halloween this year, but I definitely had some and I saw a difference. Yeah. And sometimes you just <laughs> – it's like you really don't know why. I am curious. Did you – did she have any insulin on board while y'all were walking? Because if there was no insulin on board and she was walking and continuing to eat the candy, then I feel like walking doesn't always cause a drop. So I don't – I do believe she had some 
someone correct me and I should have looked this up beforehand, but my understanding when the Omnipod 5 does not have blood sugar readings, it goes into limited mode, which I think acts like manual mode. Yeah. Yeah. I think it does. Yes. That's just like normal basal rates that you have in there. Yeah. Yes. And her normal basal rate from her manual mode is 0.25 an hour. Yeah. But that wouldn't be like, I don't know. I don't think it would be enough to be considered like a lot of insulin on board. It's just her background insulin rate. Right. But like if I work out with no insulin on board, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. um, in the morning, first thing in the morning, I still have my basal insulin in my body for sure, right? Like it's still there, but I still consider it no insulin on board. So then I don't go low when I work out in the morning. As soon as I have even 0.2 or 5.75, whatever in my body, I will drop from walking, especially. So the way I, my brain works around this is because we live in auto mode almost a hundred percent of the time, she's like I can see when she has zero insulin on board and there's really like hardly any basal happening. Like it, it's basal has truly been paused in auto mode for an hour. Yeah. That is when we definitely see really significant rebound spikes if we give her even like two grams of sugar. Yeah. But if there's a little bit of basal like 0.25 or 0.3 over the course of one hour – mixed with any activity yeah it does it does make her drop yeah she's like very very insulin sensitive the second she starts working out that makes sense um so i don't know my assumption is that she had at least a little bit which is why i chose to not dose her for a couple pieces of candy with like all of that walking and manual mode still spitting out basil but i also don't really know what her true basal rate is because we've never attempted manual mode for more than two or three hours that's right you know yeah that makes a lot of sense well i don't yeah i was gonna say whatever it was i loved how you put on stories like this is just what it is we had a great halloween like anytime i have a dexcom warm-up pretty much i like go up super high and i'm just like wow this Dexcom really makes a difference. Like it really, really, really allows yes. me to stay in range. And I'm like seeing numbers that I don't see the rest of the month yes. <laughs> because I'm in that stupid two hour warm up period. So yes, it was yeah. definitely, it was an interesting exercise for my mental health too. And I was wondering, I was almost like waiting for the guilt to kick in and it never did because I was just like, she had the best time. She never complained about feeling crappy. She's yeah very vocal and she knows how to tell us when she doesn't feel good. She was only having the best time ever, you know, and we weren't saying no to anything. Yeah. And because of that, she probably had a total of six pieces of candy on Halloween. That's not that much. No. Like, yeah, it's a, it's yes, it's a lot, but it's, I mean, when I was four, and trick-or-treating, I dumped out my whole candy stash and just like ate until I puked. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Anyway. No, shouldn't feel bad at all. And I just want to remind all the parents listening that 
people like me did not have Dexcom three years and years and years as a kid. And we were frequently in the 350s and the 400s and we are still doing fine. So, you know, if you had a day like that too, Halloween or not, do not beat yourself up over it at all. I did talk to my mom a little bit about Halloween and diabetes because we were just talking about how I really didn't remember how she handled it. And she was like, Raquel, those were the hardest days with diabetes. Mm -hmm. Like they were so challenging. And I was like, I don't remember that at all. And she was like, yeah, that was my goal. Like I was trying to just make it a fun day for you. And I was like, well, you did that. So like you put in the amazing video that you made, Amanda, like there is a way to just remember Halloween as Halloween and not Halloween with diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that is what Hattie says to us as she gets older. I think it will be. It also was like this really, I don't know, kind of clarifying moment. You touched on it a couple minutes ago where I was like, whoa, Dexcom and Omnipod have completely changed our management. And I am so grateful. Technology can be very irritating. It can be so frustrating. You can always want for more and better mm-hmm. and higher quality. But at the end of the day, like I know for a fact that if we had the Dexcom and we could see the big jumps, I would have just given the insulin yeah. that she needed. And then I would have opened another piece of candy if she was starting to go low. But I wasn't willing to subject her to finger pokes every 10 to 30 minutes to have picture perfect blood sugars. Like, you know, I used, I used context clues. It didn't work out perfectly. We weren't in the typical time and range that we usually are, but guess what? Yesterday we were, today we are like, we just came back to it. Yes. I don't know. And I I just don't care. (laughs) No, you shouldn't care. I think we all had a great time and I'm sorry that you had to deal with waking up or staying up so late to deal with the aftermath of that. But I think it was worth it for Hattie's future memories and enjoyment. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So that was Halloween. You take over. Yes. I'm sick of my own voice. Oh, well, I, well, Halloween wise, I just want to say I hadn't the most lame Halloween I've ever had because it was on a Tuesday and I'm like, what is an adult supposed to do on a Tuesday with no kids on Halloween? Um, do you guys get trick or treaters? We did get some. So that was a highlight for sure. We got to give out candy and uh, it was cute because I teach dance once a week. And so my dancers did have a dress up day and we did a Halloween performance. And so that was the most fun Halloween thing I did this year. But I went to a really fun pumpkin patch over the weekend and did all the fall Mm -hmm. things. And it was so fun. I just saw the cutest kids there. (laughs) Gave me baby fever. And also I was like, this seems like a lot to be walking around a pumpkin patch with all these kids. Y'all, Amanda just like sends me these voice messages and texts all the time of just the chaos going on in her house. And I'm like, thank you for the birth control all the time. <laughs> you guys, I literally had poop under my fingernails because my half potty trained two-year-old decided that poop was going in her underwear yesterday, not in the potty. And it just so happened that yeah, I don't know. I was trying to clean it up. It didn't work. There was a lot of movement, a lot of screaming. And yeah, that was, yeah. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Let's talk about yesterday because it was 
quite the day in all the ways. Very chaotic day, very fun day, very exciting day. So yesterday was November 1st. I know this comes out a week later, but um, that means it is now National Diabetes Awareness Month. All of November is Diabetes Month. So I had this idea a while ago. I don't even know where it came from. It literally just popped in my head one day. I'm telling you, like out of nowhere. And I was like, I want to put out a really powerful video about the symptoms and signs of type 1 diabetes because so many people share stuff for Diabetes Month and it's great, it's beautiful, but I feel like it doesn't usually reach the people who need to see it. It's just floating around the little diabetes online community bubble and the same people are seeing it and it's like, cool, we all already know what diabetes is. We already have it. So I was like, Amanda, let's do this together. Let's figure out how to make it effective and powerful. And we asked a bunch of members of the diabetes community, diabetes parents, my boyfriend Kevin was in it, um, to be part of the video and just film a little clip, like a little portion of the overall script. And so a lot of you might have seen it by now. It's the Just Prick It video. Um, I think it also came from, the idea came from just Amanda telling her story again. Maybe it was even on the podcast about just how hard it was to get doctors to listen to her even when she thought that Hattie had type 1 and it's like if they would just do a fucking finger prick I'm gonna say it it's like come on why is that that hard to do and also so many people don't even know that like drugstores sell meters not that you should ever have to go to that your doctors should just do a finger prick like the signs and symptoms are pretty clear when you know them as a doctor if you know them half of them I feel like don't even think about it And so we're losing too many lives or getting close to losing lives because of type 1 diabetes not being diagnosed. So anyways, we made this Just just Prick It video and put it out yesterday morning. And yesterday was just crazy because there was a lot of other stuff that we had to do for Diabetes Month. And also we had our final grandparent call, which was so special. Uh, It's always like bittersweet because it's so fun working with this group of grandparents. Then all of a sudden it's just over. But (laughs) hopefully they like left feeling more empowered and now we'll start planning our next one for the spring so stay tuned for that um but this video was growing and growing and growing and we were trying to ask people to keep sharing it and by the way if you're hearing this now next week on tuesday when it comes out please share it because we're trying yeah we're trying to get this out all month long for diabetes month and beyond you can share it anytime So do you want to explain what happened, Amanda, last night? Because I got the most crazy text from you at like 8 p.m. or 9. Yeah, it was almost 9. Yeah. So all day long, the goal of this video is like it's amazing that it's circulating in the diabetes space and every share, every story share counts. But we also had this huge goal in mind of getting it in front of the eyes of parents who have no idea what type one is, which means getting it out on the social platforms that parents follow, like big little feelings, the toddler experts, and, um, you know, just like any dad accounts, mom accounts, any parenting accounts, any like mental health accounts that focus around parenting. Okay. But also, sorry, not just parents, also just people because you're right. Um, People can get diagnosed with type 1 at any age. And there's a lot of like 50, 60, even 70-year-olds that are getting misdiagnosed with type 2 right now that really have type 1. And so we're focusing on parents because we're type 1 together and that's what we do. But also if you have big accounts you want to share it with that are just big accounts, any person can benefit from it. 
Yes. Sorry, I had to say that. No, you're, <laughs> no, I appreciate that you did do it because as a mom of a type one toddler, my brain gets hyper-focused on the kid aspect and that is like not cool. It, yes. Thank you for doing that. Um, but anyway, yeah. So we're trying to like tag all these big accounts. And if you hear this now and you haven't done it and you're willing to go to the comments of that video and tag big accounts that you love or DM it to them, please, please, please. You never know what can happen. And a perfect story of you never know what can happen is Danny, my husband was like, I don't know, doing something. And he got this like renewed energy to help push the video out. And he remembered that Mark Cuban, one of the Shark Tank hosts, one of the sharks, uh, has said before that his email is public because he firmly believes in sending cold emails because the worst thing that can happen is they don't see it or they say no. And so Danny crafted this beautiful email that was just so thoughtful and so to the point and basically just said, I respect and appreciate your time. This is what I am asking for. This is why it's important. This is where you can find it. And if you would do that for us, it would be incredible. And Mark Cuban freaking put the Just Prickett video on his stories. Ah, I'm like and getting chills as you're saying it. <laughs> the video exploded. Like it's we want it to get bigger and bigger and bigger and reach all of America. And but like it was just the catapult we needed into like speeding up, hopefully. So we Thank have almost 50,000 views. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Mark Cuban, because I'm sure you're going to listen to this. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he is. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> um, I was just telling Amanda before this that I used to see Mark around Dallas a lot because that's where I'm from. And like I remember being at this cute little diner and he was there for his daughter's birthday right next to us. And he's always just been such like a good family guy, I feel like. And also, okay, I didn't tell you this yet, man. I think you know this, but he has this whole online pharmacy he's working on and he's really caring about insulin and all of that stuff. And so I also wonder if that's part of why he was so willing to share it. So I didn't know that, but Danny started doing digging once we saw that he like actually shared it and received the email and stuff. And um, yeah, I was like, <clears throat> excuse me. I was like, oh, like, this makes extra sense. You know, it's like a good cause. It's the right thing to do. So again, thank you, Mark Cuban. But yes. also like it's an important message to get out. And then if he is going to provide affordable insulin, even better. Yes. Um, sorry if y'all can hear my dogs, but <laughs> I still just cannot believe that um, it's still up right now. It'll probably be up for the rest of the day, which is so weird. And I've been such a Shark Tank fan and so many people have told me like, go on Shark Tank with Type 1 together for years, which I probably will never do because it just doesn't make sense for what we're doing. But um, yeah, it's just cool. So anyways, we're like sitting here brainstorming how we can get it out to more people and get bigger accounts to share it. It's really just for the purpose of spreading awareness. So please go share when you can. Um, if you don't know what to comment or who to tag or what to DM, you can DM us and we'll send you a message to literally copy and paste. We can make it super easy for you. Um, but yeah, so Amanda, like what are your thoughts around Diabetes Awareness Month and is there anything that you're doing for it on your own or with Type 1 Together? <laughs> <laughs> um, nothing I'm doing on my own. 
Um, we will be at the JDRF walk in San Diego next weekend, which is really exciting. Um, so that's, that's that. If you're in San Diego and listening to this, come say hi, we've got a table. Um, and then my thoughts around diabetes awareness month. I don't have big thoughts necessarily. I think it's really powerful. I will say that like, I have no memory whatsoever before Hattie got diagnosed of hearing about diabetes awareness month. Like, you know, it was, I maybe saw a blue ribbon now and again or something, but I never like paid attention to it. I'm sure a huge part of that is because I was not on social media before she got diagnosed. Um, Another huge part of it is even though I am a nurse and I was working in a hospital and like surrounded by healthcare all the time, I was, I specialized in the neonatal intensive care unit and those babies do not have type one diabetes. They just don't, they're brand new. Like they have different blood sugar issues related to health and stress and being one pound. And so, yeah, I just didn't. I don't know, didn't hear much about it. I think that it is amazing. And I think there's a lot of potential to reach a lot of people, but I don't think right now, at least the general public is as aware as they need to be. It's not like in front of as many people as it needs to be, especially with how um, the diagnoses are on such an intense rise. Yeah, they really are. I agree with that. Um, I I think the part of it is that recently there's been a lot more about it in the past like three years. Before that, I don't really know that there was that much happening for Diabetes Month. And part of that probably is because social media is growing so much and people are sharing there. And so uh, I just want to say I'm really proud of us because this is I'm not like I haven't been really letting it sink in, but like we have made a difference already. The fact that that many eyes have gotten on the video, even before Mark shared it, there were 20 something thousand views on it and like 400 something shares. And it's like I never thought that would be possible. And it's so cool that like I am sure that people have seen that and are now probably today being like, oh, maybe I should go get checked for this or I should check my kid for this. Like there has to be with that number of eyes on it. And so it's really cool to feel like we are making a difference. Like someone texted me that this morning and they were like, wow, Raquel, you're like really actually making a difference. And it's like, we are. (laughs) And I feel like weird and cringy saying that, but it's like, wow, we are doing something. So that's really special. Um, But otherwise, I think it's a great month. But like I said, it's kind of frustrating that a lot of this stuff is generally just circulating in the same community. And I get it, though, because it's like, how do you get other people to care? Just like it's hard for me to sometimes care about other things, like if I'm Mm -hmm. being really honest. And so, yeah, that's just a challenge. Um, But I think it's a really good opportunity to talk to those in your life about what type one really is and let them in more into your actual world, even if you're the parent. I think I've said this before, but like people generally want to be more helpful. They want to be more in the know. They want to understand. But a lot of times we don't let them in on that. Mm -hmm. And so this is a good month to say, hey, I love when you ask me questions about diabetes. What do you want to know? And kind of let them in. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I cut you (laughs) off. Go. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man, Raquel and I were just talking before we got on you guys about how we cannot wait to be able to record in person so we don't talk over each other like that. Yeah. And it's, it's because <laughs> there's an ever so slight um little delay. So sometimes we think the other person is done talking when they're not, or vice versa. So anyway, um, yeah, no, I agree with I agree with everything that you just said and sharing about diabetes. I don't know. I feel like I don't necessarily like my personal Instagram page. I, it's just the people who I know well, you know, and I don't necessarily like put a bunch of stuff about diabetes out there. Um, but I will say that I think in life, I try to just make it a, not a thing while also talking about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. um, you know, where I can feel eyes on her if I need to like stop at the park and like do a finger mm -hmm. poke and I'll just kind of talk at a normal volume and not hide anything. And like, are you feeling a little low? Let's do a finger prick. Okay. You're sort of low. You're dropping a little bit. You want half an applesauce and then you can go back and play amazing. Good job, hun, or whatever. And then like more times than not, people will end up saying like, I'm so sorry. I I hate to ask, but like what's going on? Or we'll be mm -hmm. like, does she have diabetes? You know? And then it's an opportunity to teach one more person. And that's just my personality. I'm not saying everyone has to do that because some people don't want to do that. Yeah. Some people like need the space and mental, like mental space away from it. So um yeah anyway that's national diabetes awareness month <laughs> yeah there is one other thing that we're doing and that is we have re initiated brought back i guess the collab with gretchen type one type happy used to be her handle she recently changed it to her name but uh, she makes these really awesome sweatshirts and amanda and i are actually both wearing her products right now i'm realizing yeah um so she has type one. She's lived with it for a while now. And she stitches on these sweatshirts and bandanas and other fun things, really cute designs. And so originally she started with her smiley sweatshirt, which Amanda's wearing right now. And I have one of those as well. So last year we collaborated with her on making a type one together version that is, or I forgot the part about the sleeve um, on the happy ones. It has a, a stitch on the, the sleeve that says type happy. Is that right? Um, yeah, but you can um, customize it. So mine, That's I customized right. to say T1D mom with a heart. So cute. So, so cute. Okay. And then the ones that we made with her are little juice boxes, like our logo. And inside of the juice box, instead of like an apple, there's an actual smiley face there. And so it's like a smiley juice box sweatshirt. So and cute. on the sleeve, it says together for type one oh. together. So we last year had per No, 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 no. Sorry pink and gray and this year we have those and we're also adding this like sand beige color that I'm wearing now and black mm. and it's available in kids and adult sizes and so this will be available at least for the month I'm not sure how long we'll keep them on the site but you all loved them last year so be sure to go get them while you can they make really really great gifts they're so cute. I cannot wait. Um, I don't think I realized there was a black one. I might need to 
Might need to snag one for myself and Hattie so we can yeah. be matching, which is – I don't do matching a lot, but I will for sure <laughs> wear matching sweatshirt with my girly. This is the time, yes. <laughs> um, okay, man, 35 minutes goes fast. What's the – what else is going on? What's the next thing we should well, – yeah, we didn't up. talk about our pumpkin parties, which we can just touch on oh, really yeah. fast. Those were so fun. So the last two weekends, we've had our TUND pumpkin painting in the park parties. It's a lot of peas. <laughs> um, and oh my gosh, hold on one second. Okay, sorry for that. I put the dogs away. That will not happen again, everyone. That is so very annoying and I'm so very sorry. <laughs> but there's way too many dogs. I live with four people and it's just like... We all have a dog, which is interesting. <laughs> so anyways, okay. So these pumpkin parties, um, we had one in San Diego, one in LA. We've said it before. We'll say it again. We want to do them all over the place. We are not a LA or San Diego-based company. We are national. We are mostly online, but we love doing events when we can. And as we grow and as we have the funds transparently to be able to do them in other places, we 100% will. I would love to do that. Um, but it was just so special because we got to connect with a lot of new families and a lot of families that have been to our events in the past. And um, I don't know, Amanda, that was our first type one together event together, right? What was your experience? Yes. It, I mean, it was a great experience. They were like perfect size, you know, they were intimate enough to be able to like talk with everyone. And I think it was um, like a good size for the kids to kind of like, test the waters with each other, if you will. Cause I do think that sometimes it can be overwhelming as a kid to just like walk into, you know, 50 to a hundred kids or whatever. And it's like, go make a friend. You're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so that was helpful. Um, I thought, and yeah, it was just like so fun and lovely and I'm excited to do more and definitely hopefully, you know, be able to do them around the country, like you were saying. Um, yeah, yeah. I had a great time. It I was just, so fun. Yeah, it made me want to do them again or do more. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely like parents. I think you'll all agree with this. You like first of all, if you meet any other T one D, we all know this. It's like you're immediately connected. But then, if you are a parent of a child with type one. There's mm -hmm. this like unspoken bond immediately. Yes. It's like fairly easy to start and keep conversation. And, you know, like you don't even have to say anything. Sometimes you just can stand silently together and watch mm -hmm. your kids. And you're just like, you don't even have to touch either. It's like just this big hug. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. No, that's great. why community is so special. That's why we started Type One together. Like it's just yeah. about bringing people together. It's the most magical thing. Okay, so let's chat about alarms and waking up for alarms, <laughs> which can be a struggle. And I've had this conversation with people over the years. A lot of people have been in my DMs for years about how do you wake up for alarms? I'm so scared, blah, blah, blah. And personally, you know, I went without a Dexcom for most of my life. So did have a lot of fear about going to sleep, but at the same time, eventually it was just like, all right, got to go to bed. I woke myself up. I, to this day, don't know if that's just because I have that sense to be able to do so. I don't know if it's because not having the Dexcom forced me to connect my body in that way. I definitely feel like that's part of it. Like you have no other choice. 
But I also know a lot of people who have slept through alarms in very dangerous situations who have, you know, woken up. And then actually I was just talking to my friend Tate, who we're going to have on for sure soon. And she was saying that uh, she had slept through like, what was it, three or four hours? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of being in the 50s or her Dexcom said low. L-O-W. And then she woke up and pricked and was like 56 or something. And she just didn't wake up, but eventually she did. So it's really, really, really scary. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) What happened? So this this has been happening a lot and my husband listens to this. So I would like to publicly apologize to him (laughs) often. But basically, like, I have my alarm set for the urgent low, obviously, to go off and be very loud on my phone. But nighttime for us, I adjust alarms down to 65 because my girl can like very slowly drip down to 65 and correct. And we all know that Dexcom's not 100% accurate 100% of the time. So sometimes if it's reading 68 and I go and do a finger prick, it's 72. So it's like, you know, what if it's 72 and she's actually 67? Like, I don't know that. It's just the number on the screen that's making me feel comfortable enough to sleep. So I personally let it go down to 65. It is different if she's dropping by four or more blood sugar points every five minutes. That Mm -hmm. is what I have figured out just through paying attention to trends for almost two years that that's her person, like her body is Mm -hmm. not going to catch that on its own. Anyway, so I think what happened was I was up until 1 a.m. two nights ago. And then last night I didn't fall asleep until like closer to 11 And I was watching her sugar for a long time because she started skyrocketing. Like as soon as she fell asleep, we put her to bed at 110 and she had jumped up by 20 and then another 20 Mm -hmm. in a matter of five minutes or 10 minutes. And so I had given her a full unit to slow down that really steep incline. Yeah. And, you know, once I like – decided to go to bed. It was at the 90 minute mark. She was pretty flat. I was like, okay, we're good. And I think I was just in the deepest part of my sleep cycle Mm -hmm. when apparently her alarm went off. And it was, my husband said it was like down to 63. So that's the other thing. It probably only alarmed like once or twice from my phone, which sometimes it takes a few a few alarms to like really wake up, especially if it's not the urgent low alarm. Yeah. And he just got up and did it, which I so appreciate. But then this morning he said something to me like, Oh man, did you hear Hattie? She was so pissed. She had to wake up for applesauce. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like usually I feel him get out of bed, get into bed. Like something happens where I'm like aware even for a split second that he is taking care of it. And I didn't literally zero recollection. So a lot of thoughts around that. I think that one, I spent 16 straight months with our youngest breastfeeding and just like getting up throughout the night, you know, with Hattie, with our firstborn, it's different because you only have one kid and like Danny would help me 
a lot more often throughout the night. But then when Summer was a baby, he and I kind of decided if she wakes up, that's my responsibility as the person with the milky boobs. And he does all things Hattie and morning getting ready stuff. You know, so he gets a full night of sleep, but has to wake up early for the toddler. I get broken sleep, but I get to sleep an extra 30 minutes in the morning or whatever. And I think that there, to be really honest, is this part of me subconsciously that is kind of like, I did my time with both of our girls, Mm, you know, which is so fucked and really messed up. And I should probably have an open conversation with that about him today because I was thinking more about it after he left for work this morning. Like, why am I doing this? You know, because when he goes on work trips or when he's like out or whatever, I reset all of my alarms to something different. Like I wake up no matter what when I'm alone, but I also sleep terribly when I'm alone. I'm nervous. I feel like anxious. I, you know, and I'm about blood sugars or just in general, in general. I'm a murder podcast girly, so I'm like yeah. definitely convinced that someone is going to choose the one night that Danny's gone to break into the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like – and with blood sugars though. So I'm like I know I'm the only one. I have to be yes. hyper aware. But with Danny, it's like the safety net of like someone else mm-hmm. is probably going to hear it too. So sorry, babe. I love you. That was so honest. I appreciate it. And that makes sense because – I know that you're saying it's so fucked to say that, but at the same time, like, <laughs> we do have to do that. I mean, I haven't had to do that yet, but, like, so much is placed on the mom to do that. And yeah. I, I just – I feel like that does make a lot of sense why, like, internally, subconsciously, you're seeing – or you're feeling that somewhere. Um, okay, wait. I had a million thoughts come up when you were saying all of that. <laughs> um, okay. One, I wanted to share resources for people that are struggling to wake up. So Mm -hmm. especially if you have like older kids that you're trying to get to wake up on their own. One is the sugar pixel, which we have been trying to get them to give us a discount code. They are not, but please DM them and ask them to give us (laughs) one because we will share the heck out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a really cool thing. So it's this like little clock looking thing, like alarm clock, like digital clock, I guess, looking thing. And it has... The ability to make really, really, really loud noises. You can set it to whatever sound you want. And one of them is literally just like a loud alarm, like normal alarm sound, like a um, Uh, siren. uh, uh, Yes. So, so crazy. My friend has one and it just, it will wake you up without doubt. If you really don't wake up, they also have this little thing that will slide under your pillow. I think it connects to the sugar pixel and it vibrates. And so Mm. if you're more of a, like person that when you feel it, you're going to get up. That can be really helpful. Um, it's also nice because it's not loud. So if you're in like a college dorm or you have a roommate, that's a really good option. Mm-hmm. And obviously all of this connects to Dexcom. Then there's, is it Sugar Mate? Is that the one that will call you? Yes. Sugar Mate calls you. That's also what I use to bring in her blood sugars to my watch. And I think it can do it to your computer, which I need to do Whoa. so that I can have access when we're when we're doing this because sorry I've been looking down at my phone every now and again she's high I was looking at my pump too you're good (laughs) uh 
I also like sugar mate because I think it tells you the difference in numbers each time. So sometimes you'll hear a man and I say like, oh, if we're dropping by four points or eight points or whatever mm-hmm. on the sugar mate app, it'll say like plus eight, plus 10, whatever, minus two. So you kind of see how fast you're dropping and you know if you need to correct based on that number. Okay. So that was one thing. Um, what else? What else? I'm blanking. Oh, now. there's like a happy Bob, but I don't know happy Bob at all. I think it's just like a different yeah. graph, but I don't it's know what the graph. alarms are. It's like a fun thing for kids. They have like a watch face on your Apple watch that will kind of like make diabetes more fun. Like, oh, yeah, oh, got it. Like, maybe do okay. this, that kind of thing. I don't think it wakes you up, but it could be wrong. Okay. Um, Okay, so I wake myself up. I was talking about that. I'm blanking on all the other things I was going to say, but it is really scary. Kevin does not wake up to any of my alarms pretty much oh, ever. Really? Every now and then he'll be like, oh, you're low. But I feel like whenever he says that, it's a compression low and it's not even a real one. And I can tell. Yeah. Um. So at first I was like, oh, this is so nice. Always having someone here now that we live together. Like he'll be able to hear it. And I love you, Kevin. Don't think I don't. But he does not always wake up. So I feel like it is very much on me. Um, But also, like what happened with my friend Tate, your body does naturally, I forget the scientific part of this, but it does, like, if you got really low, it will kick in somewhat. And it's, you're not always just going to, like, die from the low, which is something that I thought in the past. Do you understand it? Um, I don't quite understand it. Um, this is where I wish we had Neil on because I feel like yeah, maybe we'll ask him one day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I feel like he would understand it because I know that you go low because the same cells that no longer produce insulin used to also be able to produce glucagon. It, it has to do with your liver, I think. Yes. I should yeah. know this, but um, <laughs> you know what? We'll get someone to make a honey health video on this, one of our diabetes <gasps> educators, yes. maybe. And you all can go join our super parents group, which is free. And there's like a bunch of daily content that we post there. And so we'll do a video just on this topic because I think it's probably relieving for parents to hear. Yeah. Maybe. But I don't know. I think that if like, like I I need to just reset my alarms. Like I need to go into the app and actually go through the different alarms and pick which one is the most obnoxious and set it to all the right settings and I'll wake up, you know? Right. But yeah, there's just so many people that literally don't. And I can't imagine that. Like if the parent doesn't wake up and the kid doesn't wake up, that ends up being like their biggest diabetes problem or fear. Yeah. Yeah. Scary. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. This is kind of unrelated to this topic, but with yesterday, all the excitement last night when Mark Cuban shared the story, <laughs> I started spiking so much because I think oh, the adrenaline yeah. was kicking in. And I also had just had like a dinner that I had a burrito. So like it definitely was like higher fat. Um, So that had something to do with it. But I kept going up and up and up and I was just so excited about it all. And then I started coming back down and I almost thought I was going to have to treat. And then all of a sudden, kind of like what you were saying earlier, Amanda, I just started spiking again and I was back in the 200s going up and it was so random and frustrating. And I did this little trick that I figured out recently with the T-Slim. If anyone uses the tandem T-Slim, you might know that sleep mode does not give you boluses. It only adjusts your basils. And so what I did is I did not turn on sleep mode last night. So yeah, it won't bring me down to 110. Instead, the target is 120 in the normal control IQ mode, but it will dose me. So I just went to sleep. Like I'd already dosed myself, but I was like, it's going to give me boluses, not just adjust my basal to bring mm-hmm. me down faster. I went to sleep, woke up at 90 something, 
and it worked. So is, yeah. Is there like a protective measure where the bolus that is given can only be so big? And mm-hmm. what is that number for you? So I believe that it only gives 60% of what the normal bolus would be for that um, blood sugar. And so okay. if you want the full amount, like it'll give that 60%, but then if you go in and press bolus and it has your blood sugar already there, because it is with the Dexcom, mm-hmm. um, it'll suggest the rest of that bolus, but you have to manually accept that. Man, I'm so curious if Tandem would like change our management. I'm more than happy with Omnipod 5 and we're, we have no intention of switching, but she's going to have this disease forever. Um, and so I am fully aware that she will very likely try most, if all, pumps that are available at some point and it'll be interesting to see yeah Yeah. especially with the new ones and when they have the tubeless option because if that doesn't come out somewhat soon and I am such a tandem girl y'all know that but I'm tempted to also get the Omnipod because apparently you can get both at the same time because Omnipod's a prescription Mm -hmm. and just wear it for a few months on my arms because I've talked about this before I use my stomachs way too much I hate leg sites and I don't want to use tubing on my arm I know people Mm -hmm. say it's fine. I just don't like it. So for that reason, I kind of want to give my body an actual break and put the Omnipod on my arm for like whatever Neil said. He was like, you need to give it like six months so that you can get rid of scar tissue or at least alleviate it. Yeah. I know. Wait, I, we, you should do that. (laughs) I know. I'm so curious because when, when do you see an endo again? Not for another few months. I need to make an appointment because I have that new one, but I still haven't seen them. So yeah, a lot of it is insurance dependent for sure. I'm so curious. Will you ask for the sake of type one together and education? (laughs) I'm just so curious. Like you could even wear it just for like, just tell yourself I'm wearing it for two weeks and it's not a permanent. Yeah. It would be fascinating. And maybe, um, I think, I, I think I might do it at some point. It would be like cool for content too, just to talk about yeah. it and like see, because I do love the tandem and I do still think Omnipod is bulky, but I might do it just for my stomach to have a break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, that was, uh, we can talk for hours, <laughs> so we should probably stop before this turns into <laughs> yeah. we gotta yeah, go. conversation, but um, yeah. Any wrap up thoughts that you are having? Let's do a roll call. Oh, yeah. Shoot. I don't know. One, which I'm surprised because I had a Starbucks. um, The holiday drinks came out today and I got like a pretty sweet latte. So I'm very surprised. I'm 101. (laughs) Yay. Hattie is 242. It is definitely time to adjust her carb ratios because this is now three days in a row where she has spiked after school snack and I'm very confident in her teacher's ability to count carbs and pre-bolus. So that is telling me that we need to adjust some stuff and that's okay. It's just data. It's not failure. (laughs) Yes. All right, everyone. We will see you next week. Thank you for continuing to share the Just Prick It video and review, rate, and subscribe to this podcast. We really appreciate it. And with that... We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.